You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heats UK-based podcast. I am your host, Dan Healy. Before we come on to today's episode, we have had a bit of a surge recently of new followers to our account, mainly due to the fact that they've been uh, taking an interest in my recent trip to Miami. So first of all, thank you for following. Welcome to the account. Uh, you can follow us at the Miami Heat UK across all social media platforms not just on twitter we're on facebook instagram etc as well and uh, as you uh, uh, if you're new to the podcast this is heating up the uk we try and record record weekly you can find us on all podcast platforms apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast podbean etc so uh, we hope if you're listening for the first time you enjoy and you're welcome back of course and um, also please check out our youtube channel miami heat uk tv and that is where we do our flagship show which is called game day from the uk that's where we uh, me and my other uk guys we stream uh, to preview the uh, the game that is in question for that particular day we try and do that every other every game day it's a lot of fun um, and there's also going to be a lot of other things coming to the YouTube channel, including the vlog of my recent trip that is all being pieced together as we speak. Uh, so thank you very much for following again on to today's episode. And I'm delighted to welcome for the first time a co-host of Locked on Heat. It's Wes Goldberg. Wes, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. As you know, we've spoken to David a few times, and uh, it's brilliant to finally have you on. First of all, big question: I really lucked out on the weather to Miami last week when I was there. Um, I came back to no lie, snow in the UK. How are things right now in Miami? Yeah, it was a little rainy. I think when you, for most of the week, it's starting to uh, clear up a little bit now. But I, if if you were here when the weather was incredible about a couple of weeks ago um then yeah you couldn't have gotten more lucky that was that was sort of the beginning of the summer uh and so yeah it, hopefully it, was, more of that. it was really really lucky because the day i got there it was a bit overcast but warm and then from then on i don't think i saw a cloud from then on it was fantastic it was beautiful weather and as i say no lie i got off that plane i had to wait about 15 minutes for my meet and greet car to come back and it was literally minus temperatures i had all sorts of layers <laughs> on uh, a real harsh awakening back into the UK. But great to have you on. We are not here to talk about the weather, of course. We're here to talk about the Miami Heat, Wes, who are about to lock up that number one seed. Um, let's let's be bold and say, even though it's not a formality yet, um, it could happen as soon as tonight if results go our way. But right. with Atlanta to come and Orlando to come, we only need one of those wins. Let's say, let's be bold and say the Heat are taking the one seed. First of all, before we come on to anything else, in a stacked Eastern Conference where the Heat were only predicted, I think, to win 48 games. Could have even been less than that. We could finish this uh, season with 54 regular season wins in a stacked East, as I said, with the Nets, with the Bucks, with the Sixers, all predicted to be above us. First of all, how much of an achievement is this for Miami to come out as the one seed? I think it's a, a substantial one. Um this is not a team that is used to being the number one seed. Even if you think back to the big three era, it wasn't something that was a formality year in and year out, despite them being easily the most talented team in the East in the NBA. Uh, and so, yeah, this is, 
Uh, it's really important, not just because uh, of the historical context that just hasn't happened all that often uh, in recent history, but also because, um, you know, they're not going to have the best player on the floor if for a, a lot of these playoff series. And one way to sort of even the playing field a little bit is to have home court advantage. And the Heat, as long as they beat the Hawks on Friday night, uh, will have the best home court record in the Eastern Conference. Um, and that means something, right? And so anything you can do to increase your chances of getting all the way to the finals, which make no doubt about it, that is the goal, right? Is to win the championship this year. Um, then, yeah, that's, I, I think they recognize that. They recognize that probably of all the teams in the East, um, home court was probably going to be most important to them. And once it became a realistic thing, right? And I would probably peg that around December, when they started winning games without Bam Adebayo and they went on that long stretch of uh, of wins and all that stuff, I think they looked at themselves and said, you know what, we can really get this number one seed. Philadelphia's a little weird. Boston got out to a slow start. Brooklyn can't get uh, a hold of things. Milwaukee was off to a slow start too. Like the number one seed is for is up for us to grab. And, and I think they recognized that and they went after it and it looks like they're going to have it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is a real achievement. I think it should be celebrated. Um, it is a big, big advantage now to hopefully go through the rest of these playoffs now with home court advantage. Um, and from, from a team that, you know, I would argue that we have got four all-star caliber players, even though we only had one all-star representative this year. But many would say that Miami don't have a true superstar. And I would probably lean with that as well. Maybe there's no real superstar there, but lots of great players. I think it is a real achievement that in a league that is that is so stacked and it is littered with superstars mm -hmm. for Miami to come out in number one seed, um, I think should be celebrated. So fair play to them, even though we've had lots of injuries all the way through this season, we've not had many of their, um, their players together on court throughout this season. Um, it's something to, to be proud of. So, uh, so kudos to the heat. Um, let's get on to the playing. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this because First of all, I want to see what you think of uh, of what what you how you think it will go down, and then maybe we'll we'll pivot a little bit to what you actually want it want to happen because there's some <laughs> there's some conflict here on Heat Twitter on on who they want and who they want to avoid, etc. But about a month ago, Wes, I put out a tweet to say this is how I think it's going to go down. Um, I said that the Cavs were just starting to slide, the Raptors were just starting to get good. So I said, okay. The Raptors are going to finish top six. Actually, thinks that they're actually going to finish top five in the end. But the Raptors are, are, are elevated above Cleveland. I said Cleveland are going to drop into the playing. They'll play the Nets in the seven-eight playing seed. The Nets will win that, so the Nets will lock in the seven seed. The Hornets and Hawks will play for the eliminator. The Hawks will come out on top of that, which means the Hornets are out. And then Cleveland will play the Atlanta Hawks. And I said that the Hawks would win that, therefore get the eight seed, which means that I think that despite Cleveland's fantastic season, season, they're not going to be qualifying for the playoffs. So mm. that, with two games, two slash three for some teams, to go is still very much a real possibility um, that the Heat will end up playing the Hawks. That's how I think it will go down. First of all, do you sort of have any other, do you think it's going to be any different to that? Have you got any other thoughts on what you think will happen? No, I, that's a really good call by you if you called that a month ago, because that looks like exactly what's going to happen. I don't know. Um, if, if it's Cleveland and Brooklyn in that seven, eight game, um, and the Hawks do end up falling to that nine, 10 game. And right now, if the, if the play in order to start today, that's what it would, that's what it would be. Um, I'm with you. I, I've all along kind of this whole idea of Brooklyn being the eighth seed. 
I don't know if it's because a lot of people don't truly understand how the play-in tournament works. And I definitely think there's, there's a large portion of people who don't <laughs> because it's new and very confusing. Um, and the way they explain it is not great, uh, the NBA. But, um, like, it's a far more likely chance that Brooklyn ends up the seventh seed than the eighth seed. And I think that's sort of the part that's gotten lost in the translation of all of this stuff. Um, if if you are so – and the, this is the way I always frame it on Lockdown Heat. If you are so scared of Kevin Durant, and you should be, right? It's Kevin Durant. If you are so scared of Kevin Durant in a potential uh, eight seed matchup, whatever, then you're – like, wouldn't you rather – bet on Kevin Durant winning that one play-in game in the 7-8 game exactly. to just get the seven seed, then trying to avoid him by falling down to the two seed or the three seed or the four seed. That's the part that never really added up to me. If you think that Brooklyn is that good, then you probably think they're going to get the seven seed. And therefore, if you're the Heat, keeping the one seed is the most ideal uh, choice. Not that it is a choice, but it is the most ideal outcome for the Heat because not only do you avoid... Brooklyn in the first round, you're on the opposite side of the bracket from them if they end up at the seventh seed as well. So um, I'm with you. Uh, unfortunate that Cleveland is just sort of tumbling here. Too many injuries. The Hawks uh, have been on a roll lately. If it was Cleveland and Charlotte, I, we just saw what Charlotte can do. Answer, not much. Not very worried about them. Um, if, if it's Cleveland versus Atlanta, uh, I might go with you. I might, I might lean Atlanta in that matchup, although – it would depend on who Cleveland has available. Um, but either way, I don't think that the Heat would be worried about either of those teams. That, to me, is a, a four, maybe a five-game series if something weird happens. Yeah, and you, that is a, that's a really good way of summarizing it with with people that are maybe scared to play the, the, the Nets because, yeah, as I said, we've said it before as well, look, ideally, in an ideal world, yeah, of course you don't want to play Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and maybe even, who knows, Ben Simmons in a first-round matchup after maybe after locking in a one seed. Yeah, of course, that's a bit of a gut punch. It's a bit of a slap to have to come up against some superstars uh, in your first round. But yeah, you're right. If 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 they're that good, well, then they'll, they'll lock in that one game against a Cleveland or whoever it yeah. may be. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't see... It will be a shock for, I think at this stage, it will be a shock. Something would have gone terribly wrong for us to meet up with the Nets now because either it means they've lost that one-off game um, against probably the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Heat have tumbled down to two somehow. And at this late stage, I don't see either of those happening. So, uh, okay, so that's how we think it will go down. If you could if you could choose, like if, if you could choose your playoff path at the moment, it looks, at the moment right now at the season end, it looks a little bit brutal for Miami because it could be, i.e., Nets in eight uh, in the first round. Um, then the uh, the matchup at the moment is Philadelphia Toronto in the four five would be could be then a Philadelphia second round and then a finals against probably the Bucks. So that's quite a a brutal run mm. to the finals. Um, how do you actually who do, who would you want to play if you had to pick your route here? Uh, I actually kind of like how this is shaking out for the Heat, like the way that the uh, the standings are right now. Um, yeah, if you get the eighth seed and let's call it Atlanta or Cleveland, all right, whatever, cool. Uh, you roll over one of those teams and then you move on to the winner of Philadelphia or Toronto. Now, I know that the Raptors have given the Heat problems lately. And I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm just saying it's been a little overstated. Hmm. Okay. And uh, the Heat's record against Toronto is good. The last game they played against the Raptors, it seemed like they had figured some stuff out in that game, specifically Tyler Hero and trying to avoid those traps and, and Toronto's length and things like that. I know that they were without OG and Onabi, but I don't really care about that. Um, and, you know, Philadelphia, if they end up winning that matchup and playing the Heat in that second round, 
Um, I'm not saying that they're not good, but when you're talking about sort of the big, you know, four yeah. opposite the heat, if you're talking about Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, if you had to pick one of those teams to play, I think it would be Philadelphia, right? Like it's the playoffs. You're going to have to play good teams. Yeah. I would pick Philadelphia over all those other teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of like the bonus here is that that might be the only team in sort of that, that fearsome foursome group that the Heat have to deal with until they get to the conference finals, right? Like this is not a situation where you're going to have to play. Like there is a, in, like in the conference finals, if you meet one of those teams, it's only going to be one of those teams. Um, there's a chance where Miami only has to play one of Milwaukee, Boston, or Brooklyn to get to the NBA finals is basically what I'm trying to say, which I think is the the best case scenario for the Heat mm-hmm. in terms of a, path, a potential path to the to the NBA finals here. If it's only Philadelphia and then one of Milwaukee, Boston, or Brooklyn. I think it, it couldn't really get better than that. Yeah, I think that's good reasoning again. And I think, yeah, you're right. Look, at one point, so at some point, Junis, ignore who we end up playing, whoever that may be in the play-in or the first round as it will be then. Yeah, once you get to round two onwards, look, whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a brutal matchup. Yeah. It's going to probably go, you know, six, seven games, whoever it may be against. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think if you're going to pick one, maybe that is the route. You know, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Boston, you know, you would probably pick Philadelphia at this moment in time. So, uh, good stuff. Now, just before we leave the play-in, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think that it's here to stay? Do you think that, you know, I quite liked it. I like the fact that going down to 10 gives more teams a chance to stay competitive longer. We don't see as many irrelevant games through a long season. We see teams still looking to to, to be competitive throughout this stage of the season as we come right to the end. I like that. But there's also cons to it as well, as the Heat have just found out just tonight, just an hour or so ago, we hear that the schedule uh, has sort of been announced now that, um, Miami will go into their first round matchup two days before, not knowing who they're going to play, which means they've got to scout and do work for both teams, whoever that may be. So there's a con to it in that sense, because he lock up a one seed and they're almost being penalized for that. Mm-hmm. But what do you think here? Do you think that you would rather just go back to the old system or do you like the idea of the, of the playing and do you think it will be here for a bit, bit longer? Well, I think the playing is going to be here. Uh, for a very long time. Adam Silver loves the play-in tournament. He loves it. He's in charge. It's staying. Um, uh, it's a chance to obviously monetize a whole other thing. Um, they get to call it the fill-in-your-sponsored play-in tournament. Boom. Sponsor dollars. It's all good. Um, I, I don't I don't love it, if I'm being honest. I, I think it's a little frivolous. Uh, this idea that there's like 10 teams in each conference that deserve to be in the playoffs that doesn't add up to me. Um, I, I like the idea that Charlotte right now has a chance to make the postseason. Like I know that like Charlotte's fun. I, I like their team. I really enjoy watching LaMelo. I, I think they're really well coached. I think that they're, it's the beginning of something special there. I just, they're not special right now in any way. And they don't deserve a chance to make the playoffs. Like they're 40 and 39. You look across. It's even worse than the Western Conference. It's like all, like three of the four playing teams could add, could be sub 500 records. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. crazy. And I don't know, it, right? If you had the, if you just started the playoffs today with no playing tournament, we would have Cleveland and Brooklyn as the seven and eight seed. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that sounds good. Like that makes sense to me. In the Western Conference, it would be Minnesota and the Clippers, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sorry to the Pelicans and the Spurs, the Hawks and the Hornets, but nobody thinks of them as playoff teams. Yeah, And it just like that to me makes sense. I understand the idea of trying to get these teams to play for a little bit more at the end. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. Like you should just be playing because the season matters. Like you should, you have players playing for new contracts. You have players playing for pride. Like I, I just, I remember, I remember a day where that mattered enough to get guys to actually suit up and play these games. They didn't need some sort of play in tournament to incentivize them to actually do their job. So I, I, to all, and I, and I actually, I don't think that that's true. I don't think that they need that. I'm not trying to diss the players. I just, I think that's sort of the narrative that's sort of come out of the reasoning of why we have it. So um, again, I think it's a little frivolous. I, I think it's rewarding teams that don't deserve to be rewarded. I don't think it solves a tanking issue. If you need any evidence, just look at Houston, you know, um, Oklahoma City, Orlando, these teams, like it didn't help them. They didn't care about the play-in tournament. So um, yeah, I, I don't love it. But, um, and, and to the point of, yeah, it does kind of screw the one seat over a little bit because they're only going to have like 40 hours to prepare for their first round matchup. Now, granted, it's a team that just barely made the playoffs. But in this case, if it's Brooklyn, then yeah, you are kind of screwed, aren't you? Like you should have a little bit more time while all these other teams, four, five, three, and six, get to just sort of sit back for a week and scout their opponent. Uh, the one and two seeds in each conference don't really have that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you put it down like that, it, it is a bit compelling when you think that, yeah, you know, three quarters of the, of the conference, or sorry, two thirds of the conference are, 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 are inferior that they're in playing can or playoff contention, um, which is a bit. If you wild, really want to really. play in tournament. I will propose this. And if you really want to solve tanking, have all the teams not in the real playoffs, play a different round robin, you know, one game elimination style, March Madness style tournament for the be- the top pick in the draft. Get rid yeah. of the lottery. Get rid of, and like that way, like the best teams that don't make the playoffs have a chance to, to get the number one pick. Now you actually might have eight seeds trying to tank so that, because they just put the number one pick. <laughs> so I'm, that's off the top of my head. That's a bad idea. Forget it. Scrap that. Yeah, it's, it's a whole other episode, isn't it? It's about yeah. the, tanking, uh, the, the tanking issue. Um, but I like that. That's quite fun. Yeah, when, when, you know, the lottery teams, you now play each other in some sort of playing bracket scenario. And the winner right. of that decides the odds or the gets the one seat, uh, the, the, the top pick in the draft. That's quite fun. That's an interesting thing. But yeah, maybe a different episode there. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, finally, before we come on to maybe a bit more about the actual personnel rather than the teams. At the moment, Miami, as we say, we're about to lock up seed uh, the one seed in a very, very tough conference. And yet still, even to this day, they are fifth favourites to come out of the East behind the Nets, Bucks, um, Sixers and Celtics. Is that incredibly unfair? Or do you think, I mean, they're five to one or plus 500 as I think the uh, the way your system works. But five to one, fifth favourites come out of their conference. That to me sounds very unfair. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I would, I understand Boston and Milwaukee, the Bucks are the defending champs. Boston has just been unbelievable since the turn of the calendar. So I get it. Like all the advanced metrics are, fa- are heavily favor the Celtics to come out of the East. Um, I don't think the, the advanced metrics favor the Bucks as much because the Bucks didn't really try for the first two or three months of the year, but they're the Bucks, And like, I, I believe that they have a, a switch that they can flip. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, the Philadelphia thing, that's a little crazy to me. I, I just, I get it. Joel Embiid, James Harden, on paper, they have two of the best 10 or 11 players in the NBA. That's really hard to contend against. But James Harden has not been that dude since he got to Philly. Like, he just hasn't. Embiid no, no. Um, is good enough to carry a team to the finals, no doubt about it. But there's, like you said, it's stacked in the Eastern Conference. So, not saying that they don't have a chance. I just don't think that they have a better chance than Miami. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as far as Brooklyn, 
I get it. Again, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you you have to wonder what that team could have looked like if Kyrie was available the entire season, if Kevin Durant never even got hurt. That's probably a team that's at a top four seed and not an eighth seed right now. But um, I don't know. I watched their game against the Knicks. I've watched a lot of their games recently. They can't stop anybody. They actually really, their, their offense isn't even that good despite having KD and Kyrie. They're actually, their offensive rating is ranked worse than their defensive rating since Kyrie was made full time, mm. uh, which I found surprising. Like, if it's it, their entire offense is based on both of those guys scoring 30 plus. And Kyrie was able to do that when he was only playing every two weeks. But since he has to play every two nights or, every, every, you know, once every two nights now, um, the scoring numbers haven't been what they were when he was a part-time player. And so I, I don't see it. I, I think they're too injured. I think there's too many holes on their roster. Could they make the finals? Absolutely. They have Kevin Durant. Anything's possible when you have that guy. But um, should their chances be better than Miami's? No, I wouldn't. I don't think so. I think Miami should be in the top three. Well, I, I agree. And look, look, I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying this is outrageous because look, a fifth, a five to one fifth favorite shows you it's close. There's two and yeah. a half games that separate these top four teams. So we know it's close. I just think it's a bit disrespectful and a bit lazy maybe because it's almost just like, you know, they're looking at it as though, well, no real superstar power there. Um, therefore, we'll, 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 we'll mark them down accordingly. And I think you've got to look deeper than that. I think the depth does make a difference. I think the coaching makes a difference. We've got the best coach in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, and I think that that matters. I think this is a team that has got another level to go to the, into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, a bit unfair, I think. But uh, we'll leave it there. Look, we're, 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 uh, we're, we won't get too uh, aggrieved right now. We'll see where we, where we end up. But, um, yeah, let's come on just quickly then, Wes, to... Uh, a bit more about the personnel now. Now, Miami went on a four-game skid. It was the end of the world. Of course it was with Heat Twitter. They was ready to trade away Jimmy Butler, blow the whole thing up. It was it was a mess. Uh, five straight wins ever since then. Uh, everything is rosy again. The team harmony seems a bit better. Um, and a sort of maybe defining factor to that was a change to the lineup. Max Struess coming in for Duncan Robinson. I liked it as soon as I saw it. I've, I've sort of been campaigning for it a little bit. Um, I like Duncan Robinson. In fact, I love Duncan Robinson. I love any sort of underdog story like his is, um, you know, G-Leaguer to to, um, to NBA star, paid a lot of money now. I love that. Um, but Max Struess is a similar story, and I think he's yeah. got a bit more about him, and I think it works well, uh, and the record since then reflects that. Your thoughts on, uh, on Max's inclusion, and is it here to stay? at this stage now well five game win streak since you made the change obviously it was the right decision um i i know that that's sort of the headline here is because it's a change to the starting lineup um but to me the rotation changes go so much deeper than just Struce for duncan robinson too it is doubling tripling down on spacing it's getting jimmy butler um his minutes staggered with pj tucker right and so now you've got a lot more minutes of jimmy butler at the four um with with an extra shooter on the court and that has just created so much more space and livened up the offense in a real way i think duncan robinson going down to the second unit actually adds more size in those quote-unquote small lineups right like duncan robinson is this is as tall as some power forwards in this league right he doesn't play that position obviously but um where max Struess is just slightly smaller than duncan robinson so i think that was also part of the calculus there but also it just sort of comes down to um Max Drews is just shooting better than Duncan Robinson this season. And it's the end of the year. And, you know, it's like, that's it. You know, he's just the better shooter this season. Put him in the starting lineup. 
There's also a little bit more off the bounce verve. He doesn't foul as, as frequently as Duncan Robinson. Um, you don't really, he, his catch and shoot numbers are way better than Duncan's where Duncan really thrives coming off of ball screens. So you don't really need to kind of reorient your offense around getting Duncan Robinson shots early. Like I could, you could probably guess, like I, I don't have the number in front of me, but I would guess 80% of Miami's games this year started with a Duncan Robinson three off of a Bam Adebayo yeah. uh, dribble handoff. Like that seems to be the first shot every single night. For yeah. Me. Um, or it had been before Duncan Robinson got moved. So um, now you don't really have to do that. It just frees up the flow. It's a little bit more organic. Uh, I, I think it was a really good decision. And like I said, you're just, you took Victor Oladipo out of the lineup. You took Mark Keith Morris out of the lineup. You're just doubling down on all of your shooters, the guys who basically got you here. And you're just putting your best players in space. I wrote about it recently for my Substack. Uh, how Pat Riley at the end of last season said, you know, we know who our anchors are and it's just about surrounding them with guys who complement their, the anchors. He was talking about just Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler back then. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the anchors now are Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Tyler Hero. And it's it's as much about getting all of those guys in space with Struess, with Duncan Robinson, with Gabe Vincent, with Caleb Martin, all of these guys who are shooting 36 plus percent from beyond the arc this season. Um, they've all been awesome. They all deserve spots in the rotation. It sucks for Victor Oladipo. It sucks for Marquise Morris, who both had to battle back from extended absences, but it's, this isn't about good feelings this season. This season's about trying to win a championship. And it's those guys who put your best players in position to be even better. And so those are the guys that you have to go with. And that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. And it's, a, you know, in terms of Duncan Robinson, it's it's an, another offensive weapon off of the bench. And I think he'll have more of an impact maybe than what Max Struess did. So I like it. We saw just the last game out. What was it? Six, seven frees uh, off the bench. Yep. Um, I think he will have an impact. He will still play heavy minutes. I'm not really going to get into with you um, what you think will happen with the rotation and what these the eight slash nine man rotation will end up being, because I really think we will see. Uh, a bit of everything in, in different situations. I think we'll see, obviously, plenty of Tyler Harrow. Duncan Robinson will be heavily involved, Dwayne Debman, etc. And we'll have times where we'll see quite a lot of um, of Gabe. Other times it'll be maybe bits of, of Caleb. Um, and brings me on to the next question, really, about Victor Oladipo, because um, obviously the big build-up, uh, even coming back, he looked good, but um, I think the Heat, after taking a look at him, have decided maybe that it's shut down now. Um, what do you see in terms of Vic going forward? Do you think that maybe he will give this one more time next season on the same sort of contract? Or do you think that he'll think now going forward into next season, he might look for more of a role and more of a payday? His priority this offseason is going to be playing time. It's yeah. going to be a regular rotation role, wherever that is. I'm not saying that that won't be in Miami. Uh, it hasn't been right now. And it is a little difficult to see the path. But... Caleb Martin is going to be a free agent. Um, you've got other free agents that you have to deal with. PJ Tucker has a player option. The way he's played this year, he might opt out, try to get a bigger contract. Yeah. Um, Marky Morris will be a free agent. Uh, yeah. Dwayne Dedman will be a free agent. Like there could be spots in this rotation up for grabs. Like they could make trades and free up a rotation spot too on the perimeter. So um, I'm not saying that the, the time in Miami for Victor Oladipo is over. I'm just saying as, as it is currently constructed, it probably is something would have to change, but something could very easily change. Um, I, I, I don't know that the, bur the bridge has been burnt between old Depot. He didn't like that. He wasn't given more of an opportunity. Um, that much has been made very clear, but um, he, and so he's not happy with that decision. Right. But I don't know that the bridge is burnt either. 
I'll put it that way, because he's always wanted to play in Miami. He trains in the off seasons in Miami. Uh, I think that there's a reason for him to want to make it work here. Uh, the Heat also have his bird rights. Not, I don't think that that's going to be a factor, but it was at one point mm-hmm. thought to be a factor. So um, I think there's enough there where the bridge isn't burnt, but it will take the Heat sitting them down and, and trying to rebuild uh, whatever relationship it is and saying, you know what, like this last season worked out the way it was. It was unfortunate that it just took so long to get you back on the court and we didn't have an opportunity to work it out. But here's your role this season. You know, this is what it's going to be. Maybe it's sixth man. Maybe Tyler Hero ends up starting next year because we know he wants to start too. And maybe the easy fix is, all right, Tyler Hero, you are now the starting two guard. Victor Oladipo, you are on, you're on a new sixth man. You could be closing games, all that stuff. Like maybe that's what it ends up being, but it's going to take that kind of conversation. Yeah, I think it's it's good to hear that the bridge isn't burnt. I think Miami fans, um, and, and the feeling's mutual. I think that there's, there is a... Uh, a mutual respect and love there. I think the fans love him. I think he loves being Miami. I think that there's enough there for it for there to be a conversation to be had. But as you already said earlier in this episode, look, you know, the Heat, they've got big decisions to make. They're trying to win a championship here. And it's not about keeping, mm-hmm. you know, all-star caliber players maybe happier. Um, they decided that they looked at it and thought, okay, the way we're going to go is Max, Gabe and Caleb in front of you. And that, you know, you trust the, the coaching staff to make those right decisions. Um, but there is options. There is options there, as you said, where there could be a, a, a more um, pl- more options for playing time and maybe more money, et cetera. We've, we've roster spots opened up. It's good to hear at least that the bridges are, are not burnt completely and we may see Vic back next year. We'll see what happens. But um, final question. Uh, Wes, and that is of uh, Chris Quinn, who has stepped in for uh, Spolster whilst he's in health and safety protocols. Um, I would like your insight on this. Do we uh, are the Heat whilst uh, Quinn is in uh, and taking over roles in Spo's absence? Is it are, are things down to him? Are we, is he running this team like it's his own, or is he under Spolster's instructions? Or you know, a bit more insight if you've got it on yeah. how how that works. Is it literally like he takes the reins and he rolls with it? No, this is very much Eric Spolstra still pulling the strings. Uh, Chris Quinn is taking directions and he's doing it well. Um, Everything that happens outside of the actual game that Chris Quinn has coached is Eric Spolstra. That's the rotation decisions. Like the decision not to play Victor Oladipo while while Quinn has been coached, that's not up to Chris Quinn. He does not get to, he's not allowed to make that decision. Um, That was, Eric Spolstra has been in charge of the rotations, in charge of, you know, telling the assistant coaches who's doing the scouting reports for what um, he's in charge of all of it. The way that all the pregame stuff uh, mapping out the walkthroughs, all that stuff is Spo. They've been talking on FaceTime and Skype or whatever that they use um, multiple times a day. Uh, Spo is very still much in the mix, but you can't do that during the game. And so Chris, like any, anything that you've seen in game, Obviously, it's informed by coaching under Eric Spolstra and knowing, okay, this is the way we do things. Um, but you know, all of the all the stuff that coaches do on the sidelines, the encouragement, the the split decisions, the deciding whether or not to challenge us, like all that stuff. Like Chris Quinn has a better uh, uh, rate of winning challenges than Eric Spolstra does at this point, so maybe he should be in charge of that now. But um, it, so credit to him. I don't. I, he's he's always he's been the lead assistant for quite a while now. Uh, he's earned this opportunity. Uh, I think he's done really well in this opportunity um, to not shake the boat. You can kind of tell in his press conferences too. He's just trying not to say anything. He's just like, look, I just, I'm not rocking the boat here. I'm just, I'm holding, I'm holding it down until Spo gets back. I'm not going to say anything too revealing. And boy, does he not say anything revealing. He is doing a great job and not telling us anything, but 
Um, he seems to be enjoying it too. He does. He's cracked a few jokes lately. Like today at practice, he was like, I'm really starting to enjoy talking to you guys. And everybody like, was like, Oh, okay. Like now he's starting to open up a little bit, yeah. kind of loosen up, um, which has been good to see. And I think there is a coaching job for him down the road somewhere. Um, he could be the latest in the air culture, air exposed for coaching tree, but um, he's done a good job so far. Yeah, good for him. Quinn for the win. We like it. It's uh, it's good insight there. And uh, as I said, we, we hope Spell will be back soon. I'm not actually sure whether he is due back too soon. The last, yeah, the last game, the, 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 the soonest possible game that he's he, he could coach is uh, the, the Sunday night uh, season finale in Orlando. In Orlando. Um, my... I don't know. We'll see. It just depends. It depends on how he tests out of protocols, but that game might not even matter. So he might be like, you know what? I'm not going to Orlando. Save me, yep. save me the trip. Who knows? Um, but I, I would assume that if Spoke can be there, this is probably the worst. Like Eric's supposed to probably hates this, like not being of able course. to be there. Right. Like, so if he can coach in Orlando, he probably will go. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Great stuff. Um, Wes, it was brilliant to talk to you. I do have one final question and it's a, uh, it's just maybe just a it's a statement question. You can answer it as uh, literally in a in a phrase if you like. The hate, as we've just said, they're fifth favourites to come out of the Eastern Conference. They are seventh favourite overall to win this thing. Wes, can Miami win the lot? Can Miami win it? Absolutely, one hundred percent. No doubt in my mind, they are to me the mo- the best coach team in the Eastern Conference. I by the time they get to the finals, they could be the best coach team in the finals if they get to the finals. Um, I think their two way b- balance is brilliant, and I think they have a couple. I know that they don't have a superstar, and they don't right. Like we could, they yeah. do have Jimmy Butler, who has shown the ability in the past to go toe to toe with LeBron James and other superstars, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take Bubble Jimmy for the yeah. Heat to do what it is that they want to do. There's no doubt about that. If he can do that though, and again, he's shown that he can in the past. Um, they have a couple of things that are sort of prerequisites for a champion, which is versatility on both ends of the court. They're more versatile than any other team in the Eastern Conference on both ends, especially defensively, but on both ends. Um, three-point shooting. They're the, they're the, the best three-point rate in the NBA. Yep. Um, with proven shooters that get quality shots, the, the Heat's um, shot quality is, is among the best in the NBA as well. Um, and, and again, just top 10 in both offense and defense. And great series to series and within series coaching uh, a guy who has made adjustments and they have guys with championship experience, not just Udonis Haslam and Eric Spolstra, um, but also BJ Tucker, Kyle Lowry, who they added Jimmy Butler has been to the finals, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, Tali Hero, all of them has, have played on that stage. So they've got a lot of the prerequisites checked off. They just don't have like the loudest one, the yeah. super, super duper star, which is the one that most people pay attention to because that's why they're super duper stars. Um, so do they have a chance? Absolutely have a chance. Amen to that. Beautifully wrapped up. Um, I love that. Yeah, and I totally echo everything that you said. Um, fascinating to talk to you, Wes. It was really, really enjoyable. Um, look, the Miami Heat fan base over in the UK is growing all the time. The NBA is growing all the time. Um, uh, we can see that just from our numbers. But for anybody that is looking for more content, especially this side of the pond, uh, from the brilliant work that you do uh, over at Locked On, where can they find you personally and, and Locked On Heat? Yeah, the Locked on Heat podcast, we publish Monday through Friday, me and my co-host David Ramil, who your listeners have probably already heard on your show, um, and we will be doing, we'll, we'll have post games for every playoff game, we'll be reacting to every single one, we'll have interviews throughout with players, media people, all sorts of people, um, and then check out uh, my work on my Substack, westgoldberg.substack.com, follow me on Twitter at WC Goldberg, 
Um, and just want to say you guys, what, what you're doing here is awesome. I love the concept of this show. I love that you're bringing Heat Nation to the UK. I love everything that you're doing. Um, it was a pleasure to uh, get to be on the show finally. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, very nice for you to say and uh, a pleasure to have you on as always. Um, guys, we will leave it there. We are back tomorrow with Game Day from the UK. Check out the YouTube channel, of course, Miami Heat UK TV. Um, hopefully we'll be celebrating a one seed if results go our way tonight. But if not, it's a formality anyway. We'll be back, of course, for the next episode of Heating Up the UK next week. Until then, guys, take it easy. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.